toast had fifty dollars in my pocket. Gonna chase myself a ghost. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the week four edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Mr. Kenny Heath. And Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Another week down, and uh, a lot of good matchups come up this week. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it in our question with uh, Matt Stepp, but. A lot of teams going up or down, playing some really big games in different classifications, and it's going to be a pretty good measuring stick for these teams to see where they're at. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll get more de- in-depth on that. But let's let's talk about uh, last week to start off, and let's start off with a big one. Of course, last week Red Oak played at Lake Belton last week on a game that was nationally televised on ESPN2, and that game lived up to the hype, Kenny, a 38-34 final. Red Oak literally scores the game-winning touchdown with zero seconds left in the fourth quarter. Really, really Really exciting game that literally came down to the wire you know the short end of the stick there for Lake Belton and their district opener but I mean just what an exciting matchup overall yeah what a great game to have on national television to kind of represent the the kind of football we play here in Texas and uh, you know you had studs all over the field uh, one thing that you know I wasn't there but uh, there late in the game when Red Oak is driving they uh, I don't know it was out of bounds and they called a personal foul on a a red oak receiver uh-huh. and it, it, you know on the replay it looked like nothing happened so i just you know <laughs> and it kind of set them back and, and they still scored that game winning touchdown but i was just wondering what happened there or maybe it probably said something you know because it wasn't obvious on film but what a, uh you know red oak about you know after that 15 yarder mm-hmm. kicked them back even further and they stayed with it and like you said scored you know with no time left oh yeah great game red oak and red oak is a darn good football team they're really good this year they're they're gonna they're going to have a chance to make some noise uh, coming out of the playoffs, out of that nine-team district again. Uh, but, again, a great game to open district on national TV, no less, 38-34, Radek wins. And I, I'm trying to remember what you were talking about, that penalty, because I watched the game live. You know, I, I, I was kind of flipping back and forth between that game and then the NFL opener with the Lions uh, playing at Kansas City. It was right there at the end. It yeah. a play on the Lake Belton sideline. Mm-hmm. And I think the penalty was on Red Oak's son, yeah. the co- head coach's son. Yeah, yeah. And he was halfway out on the field, and they had to pull him back. I mean, he was hot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just who knows what was said. But, you know, looking at the replay, it didn't look like there was any kind of taunting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But so I was just uh, – the guys I was with, we were really wanting to know what the heck happened. Yeah. It doesn't look like a penalty. I've always been kind of back and forth on, you know, quote-unquote taunting penalties, especially on a game that – like that. I mean, it's a district opener. It has heavy playoff implications on a in a nine-team district, you know, with a lot of teams to have your opening district matchup as a playoff implication game. It's huge. And then you make it on a bigger stage like, "Hey, this game's on national television across a nationwide audience." And on top of that, just the crazy amount of talent on the field. It's it was just a perfect recipe for just a high-energy, hard-hitting football game, especially towards the end of the stretch when it's a one-possession game and the visiting team's driving down the field to score. But when it comes to taunting, I get it. You know, sometimes – like, you can't stand over a guy. You can't yell at a guy's face – inside of a guy's face after you make a huge play or whatever. I get that. But if it's like a high-energy high energy game like that coming down to the wire – and there's nothing egregious. Like, he, you're not trying to show a guy up. I don't think there's any reason for a flag. Yeah, it, was, it was dicey, but, you know, it, it didn't affect Red Oak. They came back and won. Mm-hmm. So. But, man, what a great game. Micah Hudson went off in that first half. Mm-hmm. Golly. And we'll have more on him later on. 
Yeah, and for sure. Speaking of Micah Hudson, yeah, huge news for him, and we'll talk about that later on. As uh, Later on in the show, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the uh, – uh, recruiting director over Dave Campbell's Texas football, uh, Greg Powers. He sat down and talked about uh, some some of the top recruits around Central Texas, including Micah Hudson. And another guy we'll talk about on later on in the show, uh, Kiefer Sibley, the running back over at Connolly. So look forward to that later on in the show. And um, how did about any, did you watch any other games or what? I watched a little bit. You know, I didn't – I was kind of busy last week. Uh, I, I didn't make it out to one game, but it was like a 6A Metroplex game, kind of closer to where I live. I went I went over to Cedar Hill and saw Southlake uh, play Cedar Hill. Um, pretty one-sided game. I kind of left at halftime. It was like 21 nothing. The thing with Cedar Hill, though, they're down to their third-string quarterback. They lost both their quarterbacks. They lost their starting quarterback – in their opening scrimmage, I believe, and then their second string got hurt in, a, in like a, a practice that was like later on, like early in the season. So they're down to their third string quarterback, so they're kind of down. And South Lake, South Lake Carroll is South Lake Carroll. You oh, know, yeah. they're a really well coached team. And not breaking any news here, but South Lake Carroll has a pretty darn good quarterback. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I, I can't remember his name, but he was slinging it around. You know, it was, it was close early, like in the first quarter. I think it was only like a seven nothing game. But as the game progressed, it was 21 nothing. I think just South Lake Carroll, I mean, I think they just kind of out depth. Uh, Cedar Hill in that respect and I think just they're just overall a more well-coached team they have a more established coaching staff with Cedar Hill uh, I can't think of their head coach's name but they're in their he's new because coach, yeah. coach Lynn went over to Crowley I believe yeah or, or, they're in their first year with this new head coach and they're down to their third string quarterback so there's a, a hard team to read right now but crazy athletic you know they're oh, yeah. they're they're always crazy athletic but yeah that's the only game I saw in person last week was uh I think the final score ended up being like 31 to 6 but as far as Central Texas games go I kind of just kept up on my phone you know just I was busy last week I couldn't really make it out to a game you know on Thursday and that South Lake Cedar Hill game was kind of a last second deal because I live only 20 minutes from Cedar Hill so yeah I just kind of kept it with scores but there was a lot of great games last week and another game will that we were talking about before we started recording Rogers coming or I'm sorry Troy coming back and defeating Rogers last week yeah and that was man Troy may be a little better than we thought they were Mm -hmm. Uh, that you know that McMurtry keeps getting better and, and that wide receiver had a heck of a game and I got to watch that uh probably the last quarter of it and, mm-hmm. and watched uh, Troy come back and score. And that was fun to watch and uh, watched uh, Hillsboro Little River Academy. Uh, uh-huh. Hillsboro just couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, Academy is a good football Academy team, though. A really good football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, also about one o'clock in the morning, uh, I was on Twitter and I saw that the Stephenville Decatur game was starting back up. So I watched now, that game. And what a game. 56-55. That was awesome. What a wow. heck of a game. That was, that was fun to watch. That's two pretty good football teams. Yeah. And last week, you know, there's a lot of good game, a lot of good matchups, a lot of crazy, you know, last second scores. But last week was kind of weird, man. This Those storms on Friday night especially, they kind of – kind of crept up crept up on everybody at the last second there was a like a lot of cancellations i saw this uh one deal where there's a school in san antonio they they were playing on sa- saturday night but it got postponed so they ended up finishing their game this past monday evening yeah. so just crazy stuff like that the storms were crazy last week which is which is good we need we need the rain oh, and yeah. stuff and it's starting to rain as we're recording out here on uh wednesday evening but 
you know, it was just last week was kind of weird, you know, but it was it's still a lot of great games. And another one, very, very low scoring game. And, and it was another cra- uh, cross classification matchup. Teagan Centerville, so with Centerville coming on coming out on top seven to six. And that says a lot about both of those teams. Yeah. I think Tig is going to be really good. And I don't know that anybody wants to play them in the first round no. or the second round. Uh, and, you know, Centerville, number four in a, what, 2A D1. Yes. Yes. They've Division already beat one. Crawford. They got Mart this week. So that's going to be a that's great That's a game. stout ball club over there. Then that's a game. Centerville, Mart, that's a game we'll touch on on our week four preview section. But uh, before we get into that, no, oh, yeah, another game talk about from last week, Axtell and Dawson, another great matchup in 2A. That came down to the wire as well. Axtell came back at the last second to win 22-20. And then, you know, those – that Axel Longhorn team, Craig Horn's team, they're rolling right now. They're starting off 3-0. and Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, you know, uh, Dawson's not what they were last year. They, they don't mm-hmm. throw the ball near as much yeah. as they did. They run And they're still adjusting to they've that. They've got some athletes. And I talked to a guy whose kid plays for Axel, and he's like, man, that running back over there, kid's a stud. <laughs> I think it's Springer or Springer yeah, yeah. for Dawson. that sounds right. <laughs> and, uh, and then you got uh, Robinson Taylor. And Robinson mm-hmm. had a walk-off sack with 14 seconds left, and uh, Taylor was driving. And they sacked the quarterback and walk it off. So another close game, another win for Coach Lancaster. Yeah, and he's ta- doing something over there with Robinson. And Taylor came into that game unbeaten, and they were not heavily. I think they were favored by like only like two scores, but they were favored to win like comfortably. And for mm-hmm. Robinson to get a great win, and they improved to two and one with that win as well. Chris Lancaster, you know. Leaving his mark on the Rockets already. A great, great win. Yep. So that's our week three uh, pre or review, rather. And before we dive into our week four preview, we have our weekly Matt Step question of the week. And the question of Mr. Step this week was, the theme to this week in the greater Centex region seems to be teams playing an opponent in a larger or vice versa smaller classification. Because you got Mart Centerville, Connolly China Spring, Lorena La Vega, and Academy Salado. Which of those matchups do you find the most intriguing and why and Matt Stepp's answer was Martin Centerville is the one I'm going to be watching I agree it was a great game from last year and for me a real measuring stick game for both for both programs I'll be watching that one closely on Friday and I agree I think a lot of these cross-classification matchups are going to be great, you know, uh, measuring stick uh, matchups for both teams involved, but especially Mark Centerville because you got the number one team in 2A Division II against the number four team in 2A Division I. So that's going to be a great, great game. They're playing at Mart this year, and this was a – this was a one game or one point game last like 20 year. Twenty to twenty-one. Last 20, Twenty-one to twenty. Yeah. Uh, Mart won in Centerville, so Centerville is going to be coming into this matchup with revenge on their mind, and it's it's going to be a great game. And, you know, I know we have Connolly and China Spring this week, and that's probably the consensus game of the week in Central Texas. But for me, I think it's Centerville Mart. I think it's yeah, going to be a great I game. I agree with you, uh, but you know, also that Connolly. I think that Connolly China Spring game. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you more about Conley, you know, because yeah. we've been high on them last year, and they, I think they went two rounds, and we're and we've all, I have always with the, with the talent they have, expect them to do more than what they have done. So I'm interested to see how they can, uh, you know, we're going to go over here in a little bit, just see how that plays out with China Spring. Well, yeah, let's let's just jump right into that. Conley three and O coming into 
uh, take on China Spring at 2-1. Again, China Spring's one loss was to the number one team in Class 5A Division Two in the, in the Melissa Cardinals, who have just dominated all three weeks so far. And they're, they're looking like they're on a you know one-way trip to Arlington later in December. They're a really, really good football team. No shame in that one. But, you know, China Spring's still China Spring. They're still a darn good football team. Conley unbeaten but their defense has a little bit of questions they gave up 38 points last week to Cameron Yo and they gave up 40 points the week before in their win over uh, La Vega but you know their offense has still been on fire they scored 48 in that La Vega game and despite giving up 38 to Yo last week they scored 59 man this offense was incredible Kiefer Sibley had five touchdowns rushed for 365 yards last week that kid is just unbelievable Kenny he's phenomenal I mean uh, I haven't watched him up close before, but I've watched mm-hmm. a bunch of his clips, yep. you know, on, on Twitter and uh, different things, Max Preps. He is, you know, almost 1,000 yards in the first three, three he has games eight, of the season. He has 885 rushing yards yeah. in three games. What a stud. And then, Crazy. You know, and you've got Kobe Black over there. You've got Jamari Vincent, their quarterback, who, you know, the Waco trips that hey, you kind of see shades of Jelani McDonald mm-hmm. when you watch him play. That, that's a lofty comparison. And then you look at China Spring, and they've got Cash McCollum, the UNT commit. Kyle Barton ran for a lot of yards last week. So I think the key is, uh, can the Cougars contain Sibley? You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. going to get his yards. Can you let him get his yards and not score? I mean, maybe that's the – you know, I've seen teams do that. Hey, we're going to focus on the run and then tighten the belt when you get inside the 20s. And then for Conley, you know, that secondary, you know, they're going against the best quarterback they've seen all, all year. Oh, and no doubt. By far. last year when they, they played them. Can they contain, you know, can, it's going to be kind of a secondary versus Ka- uh, Cash McCollum and mm-hmm. see what he can do against that secondary. Yeah, but, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun game. I think, honestly, at the end of the day, I think – I don't think China Springs is going to go out there and win by 40. I don't think it's going to be a completely one-sided game. I think they win comfortably. I think they win, like, maybe a 10- to 13-point victory, something like that. Yeah. But I, it's going to be an exciting game, and I think you're right. I think this game is going to speak more to where Connolly's at as opposed to where China Spring is at. But it's going to be a great game. Who do you have in this one? I got China Spring. Yeah, yeah me I, too. I'm kind of with you, 10, 10 to 14 points, mm-hmm. probably something like that. Probably yeah. a high-scoring game. Yeah, you know, I, it could be something like where it's like a 52-35 kind of yeah. game, something like that. It, it'll be it'll be an exciting game for sure. Um, but, yeah, Connolly 3-0 at China Spring 2-1. Keep an eye on that one. And we'll move on to our next game, a, a district matchup in Class 3 Division One, as the West Trojans will head over to Hill County to take on the Whitney Wildcats at 3-0. West coming off their bye week as they sit at 1-1. One one. Uh, back in week one, they played a 4A team in Godley, who has since fallen to 0-3. But if you look at Godley's pre-district schedule overall, it's been it's been pretty rough. You yeah, know, they lost to Paradise last week. Yeah, and, and Par- Par- Paradise is a darn darn good three A team for sure. And they lost, I think it was like 30, 36 to eight or something like that in Godly. But yeah, West took that uh, week one matchup at Godly seventeen to seven, and then they lost a clo- a closer one to Lorena. I think it was like. 27 to 13 something like that and that's a really good Lorena team yeah, too definitely wasn't a blowout you mm. know, they, you know I, I think they scored one late to kind of keep it yeah. from getting messy but you know they mm. played them you know about as well as you could think yeah considering and their youth you and know, yeah, and again like that's exactly what I was going to say West is a very young team they're very sophomore loaded they gra- they graduated a lot like another per- another team in this district Grandview they graduated like 
somewhere between like 17 to 20 seniors from last year's team or something like that. So they're very young. They're still learning week by week. But, you know, this is a rivalry game. West, West and Whitney, it's definitely a rivalry game. And West has had two weeks to prepare for this one. Again, they're coming off that loss to Lorena back in week two. And then they had the week three bye. So they've had two weeks to prepare for this one. And then Whitney, they, they're coming off their district opener as well as they played Inspired Vision Academy uh, in Dallas, 68 nothing. you know, you know, not much to take away from that game. Just all those charter schools being thrown in this district. It's kind of tough when you got teams like you know Whitney, West, and Grandview. It's it's kind of a tall task to ask for those charter schools to try to compete with those guys. Yeah, I think the main goal coming out of those games is you want to come out healthy. Yes. Uh, last year, Whitney went up and played uh, Life Dallas, Cliff. Cliff and lost that, three kids to broken yeah. collarbones on that yeah. concrete turf they got. So goodness gracious! But man, you look at West. Uh, you know they're, they're throwing the ball around this mm-hmm. year with Gus Crane. They got a really good wide receiver, uh, Easton Paxson. They've got a running back that's probably one of the fastest around in in a Klish. Mm-hmm. And they got a really good linebacker in Zane Harper, along with some other dudes. I think they're. You know, you always think of a Coach Woodard team being really uh, stout up front. They're for probably sure. not as stout this year because of youth and experience. For sure. So I think the key for them is they're going to have to protect Crane, you know, because mm-hmm. they like the, you know Whitney likes to send kids, mm-hmm. send blitzes. So I think if you keep him clean, you'll have a better you'll have a better chance. And you know you're going to have to contain that speed on Whitney's off, you know, mm-hmm. their wide receivers because they've got a bunch of fast guys over there. Uh, for Whitney, you know, I've watched every one of their games, and I just think that uh, they haven't really played to their potential. You know, they kind of mm-hmm. played down to their uh, their competition. And you know they've they've got they've got to learn how to run the ball somehow. I don't know yeah. if they're going to do it this week, but they're going to have to to run the ball eventually. And uh, you know they're going to have to get pressure on Crane. I think they can do it without blitzing uh, Haynes because you know I think Haynes is at his best when he's able to read and react, and he's mm-hmm. not shooting the gaps. I think when he's out there just patrolling the field and and see where the play goes, he's he's just lethal. You know he did that. I mean he really showed how good he was in the fourth quarter against Hillsborough. Yeah, he, he, he took big, that game over. Big play after big play. So this is, you know, like you said, this is a rivalry game. I don't care how young West is. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much talent Whitney has. It's just a rivalry yeah, game. Both and teams get up for this one. There's been years when West is way up and Whitney's down, and it was a 14-6 ball game, mm-hmm. 14-10 ball game. Uh, this year, you know, I, I picked West to finish ahead in Whitney, but I'm just – I'm really th- – I think I'm going to go with the Wildcats in this one. I, I am as well. And I think that's solely based on just the inexperience and just a lot of these young players for West still trying to find their way. And they've and Coach Woodard, you know, he talked about it when we had him on a couple of weeks ago. These kids are going to have to grow up fast because with a nine-team district, you only had two pre-district – two pre-district games and then every game from here on out matters and especially with a game like this it'll be on the road against an unbeaten Whitney team it'll be I think it'll be as far as district goes it'll be West's biggest test to this point by far especially for their opener absolutely and then another thing I forgot to uh, talk about is if the freshman Kobe Haynes is healthy Mm -hmm. that kid can break some plays he's got a lot of speed he's a really good I mean for his age he's well above you know he's He's a playmaker. Yeah. And just from the little we've seen it, but, he, you know, he's been hampered. He's been out the, the last two games. So, I think it will really benefit Whitney if he's back on the field. Uh, you know, because they're going to obviously pay a lot of attention to Jared Anderson. So, mm-hmm. some other kids are going to have to step up and make some plays. Yeah, I think I think this game's going to come down to the secondary, you know, because I think overall with the speed and athleticism and experience, Whitney's got the edge there, no doubt about it. And then even – 
Heck, you could probably just throw in the battle in the trenches as well. You know, just the the Whitney defensive front has been pretty stout so yeah. far for the, through their first three games. Well, so. they're deeper than they have been in a, oh, a long no time. Oh, no doubt about it. And then you know, I think that is obviously a huge advantage for the Wildcats, especially going on against their – it's also going to be Whitney's first true, like, actual district test because, yeah. again, you know, those charter schools, you just those games are always so hard to read. But – yeah, it's just going to be both teams are going to get up for this one. It's going to be, you know, this has pl- this this has playoff seating implications this early Absolutely. in the district season. This yeah. this could very well be the bat- battle for the second or third playoff spot. You know, or you know, or just first, you know. or first. You know, just because I think I think Whitney West and Grandview in this district they're kind of in they're all kind of wild cards in the sense that you. There's no clear favor to take yeah. that number one spot. So this game is going to be huge yeah, we're about to for, both, for both yeah. teams. So it, it'll be – after this week, you, you we'll have a pretty good idea of what that district championship game could come down to because it could be the winner of this game could be just waiting for that Grandview game to you know settle that district championship. So it, it'll be a really huge game for both teams this early into their district season. But, yeah, I think – I think just – and I'm with you. I think just with the experience that Whitney has, I'm, I'm going to give them the slight edge in this one. Again, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, although Whitney's more experienced. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I really do because despite West's inexperience, they're still very stout defensively. Now, there's a – it's a tall task to try to get you – get you to stop guys like Caden Tanner, Jordan Anderson, and Marcus Wilson. You know, those are all crazy athletes. Jordan Johnson as well. He's been missing a couple games. He'll he'll be making his, you know, season debut yep. this week. So that'll be huge as well for the Wildcats. So I think overall, I'm, I'm going to give the slight advantage to the Wildcats here, especially playing at home. I think they'll win by like, you know, seven to ten points at most. So I, we both have the Wildcats in this one. So now let's jump down to class two-way um, a cross matchup between two top 10 teams, Centerville at 3-0, the number four team in Class 2 of Division 1, against the number one team in Class 2 of Division 2 and the Mark Panthers at 3-0. And again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, this is a game that was played at Centerville last year, and they were both in the top 10 last year as well, and Mark pulled out a one-point victory, 21-20. I'm expecting much of the same this year, at this game being played at Mark. Yeah, this is going to be a good old-fashioned dogfight. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we referred to it earlier this year uh, when they played Crawford, but when we talked to Coach Hoffman last year, he was like, hey, when your kids go and play Centerville, <laughs> when they get back on the bus, they know they've been in the fight. You they're going to be just, sore. They're going to be sore. <laughs> But, you know, but, Centerville, but, go ahead. Uh, but playing a team like that, it, it, it can only make you better oh, as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they, they've got a really good running attack with Andrew Newman and Zantel Holly, who's a great two-way player. Yeah. So can Mark stop that run? That's mm-hmm. I think Teague probably did a pretty good job of it last mm-hmm. week. And then Teague's kind of a spread team. And Centerville did a great job of stopping them. So, you know, J.D. Bell went off for 292 yards rushing mm-hmm. last week. I, uh, I don't think he'll put up those crazy numbers yeah. this week. I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. I think if you cut those numbers in half, they'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. got 150, 140. Medlock, you know, he scored three touchdowns. I think two rushing or two receiving, one rushing. Uh, it's it's a pick-up. This is a hard one, it's man. It's a pick-up, man. This it's going to be a good one. one. I think it's going to be a one possession either way. You can't go wrong with making your pick in this game because it, it's one of those rare occasions where you could pick either side, and you're probably right because this game could easily go either way. But I'm going to – 
I think, although I think it would kind of be a, a slight upset, even though they're full classification up, I'm going to take Centerville on the road here, Kenny. Yeah, I've got them too, just because of their, uh, you know, their resume, you know, knocking yeah. off a, 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 a historically Crawford may be a tad bit down because they lost a, a few, but they're always a good team. You know, they beat them and then they mm. uh, beat a really good 3A playoff team in Teague. Mm. So, yeah, I got Centerville advancing on this one. Yeah, I, th- I think I think so as well. But it's going to be a close game. And again, w- neither neither you or me, Kenny, are going to be shocked if the Mark Panthers won a football game. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so, so yeah, I think it'll be a one possession game. But I think Centerville coming in with revenge on their minds. A, although it's non district and it's cross classification, I think there's going to be you know a high energy game for sure because it was a. It was a very hard-hitting game last year, low-scoring 21-20. I think it will be much of the same. I think it could be even be lower than that. I think we could be looking at like a 17-16 sort of game right here. So, yeah, we both have Centerville in this one. It's going to be low-scoring. I think it's going to be a great game. But, yeah, we'll both take Centerville in this one. And then uh, let's jump to our next one, back up to – Class 5A Division Two, Lake Belton coming off their uh, 38-34 loss to – uh, Red Oak are going to Colleen to take on the Shoemaker Gray Wolves, who are coming off their first loss of the season as well, as they lost by, I think it was like 11 to 10 points at Midlothian. Uh, yeah, 11, 35, 26 was the final. Uh, Midlothian beat Shoemaker last week. Um, what do you see in this game, Kenny? Man, I see Lake Belton bouncing back. You know? I think I, mean, I agree. I think uh, Dave Campbell's had this game. The computer had it as a pick 'em type mm-hmm. deal. But, uh, you know, Macaulay, uh, Malaki, uh, what was that quarterback shoot? Malachi Jerome, is that his name? Malachi. Ma- Malachi Jerome. Yeah, yeah. They they run the ball a lot, but he's a, he's a really good quarterback and, mm-hmm. and he can uh, get things done. But then you look at Lake Belton with uh, Micah Hudson and Selman Bridges and their quarterback and Eli Mascarinas. I think they're going to bounce back from a you know disappointing loss on national TV, man. Yeah. That's, that's kind of it's hard to lose anyway when you're mm-hmm. uh, that age. And but that you, that game was crazy last year. We talked about it before last week. It was a 48-47 overtime game last year so i mean you know they expected it to be a shootout no yeah. doubt but it was it was really one of those games where the last team with the ball was probably going to win and in last week's case it just happened to be red oak yep no, i agree so you know and i just i think like belton's ready to bounce back and, and uh, they're probably going to finish second in that district now yeah I, I agree i think like belton gets the win here on the road uh nice bounce back win because you know, I mean, to lose the district opener in that fashion, I think they're be they're going to be coming to that Schumer game a little pissed off. Oh, so yeah, I think they're going to come out hard hitting. I think they're going to win pretty comfortably. I think it I think it'd be like a seventeen to twenty one point victory at Shoemaker. So now let's drop drop back down to another cross classification game, three uh, division one Lorena at two and one be taking on the one and two La Vega Pirates. Not a not a bad one and two though for the Pirates. They had another super tough matchup against Midlothian Heritage. Uh, at home when they lost 29 to 21 uh, to the Jaguars and Lorena coming off a pretty one-sided uh, affair 50 to 6 they were winners over Cedar Hill Cedar Hill TLC um this is an interesting matchup here 3A versus 4A and this one's kind of hard to call in my eyes yeah you know uh it's just kind of Ken La Vega's D you know I read an article in the uh, Waco trip about mm. you know the La Vega uh game with uh heritage and you know coach Hyde was like look we redid our defense you know mm-hmm. so 
he, he, and he also said, look, we don't care about losing games one through four or five. We yeah. care about winning games 10, yeah. 11, 12, and 13. It makes a lot of sense. And we've said it before, this is just only going to make them better, you know. Uh, so that can their defense get in, in rhythm and can they get in sync? And then when you look at uh, Lorena, you know, are they deep enough to hang with LaVega? Because their uh, coach Johnson, you know, they're banged up. They, they've yeah. got some dudes that, you know, been out and hurt. So is that depth going to suffer? You know, they've got Caden Roberts who – we kind of all surprised that he got the nod at quarterback, but he's yeah. been doing well, really well. They kind of got a Swiss Army knife with Jackson Generals, you know, running and throwing and uh, catching the ball. Uh, Braylon Henry stepped up at running back, done really well. And then, of course, you got uh, Jaden Porter, the, the Baylor commit, that's, you know, a four star receiver. Yeah, so four star. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, talented. So I, I think I'm going to lean. I think La Vega gets off the snide here, and I think I they get the win. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think it'll be, a, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's, Pretty close overall, but like you mentioned before, I think you know La Vega has a slight advantage in the depth department, especially when you consider the you know the the injuries and how banged up Lorena is uh, you know this early into the season. So I, I think La Vega will get the win here as well, a nice bounce back win. I think Bryson Rowland will have a really good game. I think they're probably going to lean on him a lot this game, you know, with the with the depth and the size advantage that they have to kind of wear Lorena down as the game goes along and try to focus on that run game. Maybe not – I mean, of course you want long touchdown runs, but I think the plan here would probably be try to get four to six yards of carry, just, you know, just grind Lorena down and just yeah. get him tired and try to just – Keep him off the field. Exactly. So, yeah, I think, I think La Vega – um, in this 3A versus 4A, I think we're both taking the 4A La Vega in this one to improve to 2-2. Two and two. And so it's uh, our last game here on the preview edition. Let's look at Salado at 2-1. and one. They're coming off a 42-0 loss to Malakoff. No shame there. And they'll be taking on the unbeaten Academy Bumblebees. They're coming off a 32-point victory against Hillsboro. What do you see in this one, Kenny? Well, let me introduce you to a sophomore running back at Academy named Cavalli Neely. This kid is a stud, man. He's built – I mean, he's huge, dude. I I don't know how tall he is, but he's wide. He's fast. He can't be tackled real easy. Uh, I watched a little bit of that uh, Hillsboro Academy game, and he really stuck out. Academy's defense kind of stuck out because they took advantage of some opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. they really opportunistic defense. They they had a few. You know, the uh, Joseph Wrangle uh, threw a few picks. They they had some fumbles, and uh, Academy really capitalized on that. And you look at Salado. Uh, they beat Fredericksburg in week one, had mm-hmm. a really 32-point uh, comeback against Rudder. Yep. Cough uh, kind of handed it to them last week, but they do that to a lot of teams. They got a, I think they got a six foot nine, six foot eight quarterback in Luke Law who's thrown for about 562 yards. So I kind of think this may be a shootout type game. I we agree. know, we know I agree. Salado can score. Now, they got a shutout last week, but we know they can score. I just uh, – I don't know who I think's gonna win this. I was kind of this is another the, pick'em. On uh, it's one of those sneaky pick'em games. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Academy at home. Though. Okay, I got Salado, and I think okay. Salado kind of bounces okay. back. Maybe uh, Coach Westerberg just kind of re you know it's maybe a wake up call for him after yeah. getting drugged by Malakoff. I think they're better than getting beat by 42 points. Oh yeah, in no, no doubt about that. That's just that game. That score speaks more to Malakoff than it does to Salado. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think Casey Mraz is a really good quarterback for him. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the top quarterbacks in, in the area. And then, like I said, Cavalli Neely is a stud. Yeah, he's just a sophomore. Yeah, but okay. I like first one we're split on. I'll I'll, I'll take Academy, and you'll take Salado. It should be a good game. And that is going to do it for our week four preview section. And uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, 
Uh, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the uh, recruiting director over at Dave Campbell's Texas football, Greg Powers, to talk about the huge announcement of Micah Hudson committing to the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And that that's a huge commitment up there in Lubbock. And for uh, uh, the head coach... Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire, yeah. yeah. I don't know, his name slipped my mind, but a huge, a huge recruit news for Texas Tech and Coach McGuire. That's huge for the Red Raiders, no Absolutely. doubt about it. And just and we talked to Powers about it, what that mm-hmm. does for that program, getting that five star, you know. Yep. My son's up at Tech right now, so I'll get to see a lot of uh Micah Hudson hopefully mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. Yep. So uh, what a big big deal for Coach McGuire who you know who's a longtime Cedar Hill coach and coached mm-hmm. at Baylor for a while. And now he's at Tech, so uh, and congrats to Micah Hudson. I think he's going to love it up there. Yeah, So and yeah, again, huge recruitment news for Micah Hudson. And we talk more in depth about it with the Dave Campbell's Texas football recruiting director and Greg Powers. So here's Kenny, Kenny's interview with Greg Powers. Okay, I'm here with Greg Powers, director of recruiting for Dave Campbell's Texas football. Greg, how you doing, man? Great, man. Thanks for having me. Great to be back on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. A big week here in Central Texas because yesterday, uh, Lake Belton wide receiver, five-star recruit, Micah Hudson committed to Tech. So is that a surprise? Did you kind of, you know, I read your article about the relationship that he had with Joey McGuire and and a couple of the assistants that uh, went to Lubbock with him. Was that a big surprise for you or did you kind of have an idea this may happen? Uh, I thought Hudson has been a tech lean for a good bit of time. I think first time I might have publicly said something about Hudson or or tech being Hudson's leader was probably back towards the end of May. Um, so I think tech had done a really good job in, in that recruitment, and you touched on it um, right from the beginning. They, when the tech staff was at Baylor, they offered Mike Hudson, and that's where that relationship began you know Joey McGuire was at Baylor uh I think somebody that might be overlooking this recruitment but shouldn't be is Brian Nance uh was in Waco at that time and he's the director of player personnel personnel now at Tech Hudson has a really close relationship with Nance um and of course you know the wide receivers coach now is Juice Johnson who was the running backs coach at Baylor back at that time and uh they offered Hudson before almost everybody else there was his first in-state p5 offer they weren't his first p5 offer i think Pitt might have beat him to that uh, but they were in on hudson very early and they have long-standing relationships and i think relationships were important in that recruitment okay so you know we're, we're a central texas deal but but let's talk about uh, coach mcguire up in lubbock how big is this for tech i mean is this going to kind of open the floodgates for some some other high profile recruits i know they got the quarterback down in hutto uh, will hammond hammond headed that way uh, you think this kind of opens up the floodgates for them maybe get a little bit more uh, quality recruits out of this yeah i definitely think it's an eye-opening commitment i mean he's one of the highest rated wide receiver prospects in the country and of course i think central texas football fans are going to be interested to follow his career especially what he's done at lake belt i think he's a day one impact type of player i think that he's probably as college ready as anybody in this class so i wouldn't be surprised if he steps right in and contributes at a high level very early on in his career and high level players gravitate towards each other you know uh and that's just the way it is in recruiting. McGuire and his staff have done a pretty good job recruiting the state of Texas now since he's gotten there. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can even look back to his time in Waco. I think that he was 
one of the best recruiters when he was an assistant coach in the entire state. So I think they're going to have continued success on the recruiting trail as long as that they can match that success on the field. Agree. So, so good, good, good things coming out of Central Texas with Micah Hudson. So let's talk about one of our favorite players here on the podcast. We talk about him every week about the numbers he put up last year. A heck of a start to the year this year. That's Kiefer Sibley, the Conley running back. Uh, man, what's your? I mean, we talked about him uh, in in the winter time when we had you on. Uh, you surely this guy's going to get a little bit more interest than he has right now. Well, I think he's a very explosive player. He's one of our top twenty highest rated running backs in the Lone Star State with our you know DCTF rankings. You can find those at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Um, I like his explosive playmaking ability. I think he's a guy who I would look at as more as a slot back, as I like to categorize them. He's not a guy that you can just put um, in the backfield. He's somebody that you can move around and, and let him do some different things within an offense, and I think it's about finding that right fit of an offense that's going to allow him to use those strengths um, at the next level. Very explosive. He was our prospect on the rise last week after his huge game against Waco La Vega. You don't see very many teams dominate Waco La Vega on the ground the way Kiefer Sibley and Conley did a couple weeks back. That was an impressive eye-opener to me, and I think that more colleges should be on Sibley. I like him a lot. He's got some you know, decent offers. He has some schools after him, but it's one of those things, you know, as you get down the stretch here in recruiting, sometimes things get tight. Um, positions start drying up, and We'll see how it shakes out for him down the recruiting home stretch. But he's a guy who, if I had, if I was up at somewhere like Boise State or something like that, this is exactly the type of guy that I would be looking looking at to come in and be a difference maker in my offense. Somebody that you can come into Texas and steal. I don't have any inside information when I say Boise State. That was just an example of a program where I think that he could fit in well, and then and has historically done a good job in Texas recruiting talents like Sibley. Greg, can you think of another 4A school in the state of Texas that produces the kind of talent that that Conley's put out in the last five or six years? You know, they've got, of course, they've got, uh, I think, a top five recruit in Kobe Black right now with them. Uh, I read an article in the Waco Trib where, you know, Jamarian Vincent, their new quarterback, has kind of has some flashes of Jelani McDonald. So looks like they may have another stud coming up. I just can't think of another 4A school around the state. I know Silsby's had some good uh, kids come out of there, but uh, this type of talent coming out of that school. Well, I mean, you always got to keep an eye on Carthage. That's a team that always does pretty good and, and, and producing a lot of talent um, at the 4A level. Of course, they've won a ton of state championships out there and that's helped you know that's that's, that helps absolutely a lot of talent east texas probably wants to play Carthage when they grow up in that area uh but yeah waco conley done a tremendous job you you touched on it the number one rated cornerback in the class of 2024 and kobe black he's got all the top guys coming after him you know alabama ohio state texas etc everybody wants him to Everybody wants that kid to play for their defense, and he's the type of guy that could probably come in and play any spot in the secondary. You know, he's a very athletic uh, player for Waco Conley. He's a, he's a guy that you can really put special teams, offense, defense. You can line him up wherever you need him. But as he projects to the next level, I think that he has a chance to be a lockdown cornerback. And if not, he has the frame to grow into being a hard-hitting safety. So he's a guy who I have a lot of high confidence in, and I'm still excited about 
Jelani McDonald's future down there in Austin, too. Yes, absolutely. So, hey, anybody here in Central Texas, maybe down around Temple, Belton area, out, you know, out east towards Franklin, Mahia. Any anybody we need to keep an eye on, maybe under the radar guy that you, you could see, uh, maybe a, a junior or a sophomore, somebody that might blow up here pretty quick. Well, I mean, Franklin's one of those teams. I think you have to watch all the time, right? They're always in the mix to win a state title, and they've got some pretty intriguing guys on their team, including 2025 running back Jaden Jackson. That's a kid that's really good, and then. You know, I I like to look at Temple for defensive players all the time, even though I know last year's squad had Mikel Harrison Pilot, who's went on to Houston. But still, even when I think of Temple, I usually think of hard-hitting defensive players. Torian York was one of my favorites. He's at Texas A&M, but they've got a young edge player named Jamarian Carlton, who's about six foot four, six foot five, two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty pounds that I think is going to be the next big thing down there at Temple. And if you don't know about him, you surely will as he plays the next three years of high school ball <laughs> just starting with his sophomore season. Hey, Greg, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for hopping on, and uh, maybe uh, we'll get together uh, sometime down the line and talk some more recruiting. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. And that was Kenny's interview with the director of recruiting over at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mr. Greg Powers. Thanks again for uh, thanks again to Greg Powers for joining us today. Again, you can find his work as well as his recruiting team's work over at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. And a great interview, Kenny. Of course, uh, you mentioned at the top of that interview with uh, with Mr. Powers about the recruitment of Micah Hudson over to Texas Tech, and you brought up a really good point about how you know. What is the possibility of a five-star recruit, you know, going to a school like Texas Tech where that doesn't happen very often? How much traction does that bring to a school like Texas Tech for other, you know, four- to five-star recruits to migrate over to Lubbock? Yeah, and, you know, Joe McGuire's a great recruiter. You know, mm-hmm. I think he probably – if he was still at Baylor, I think Micah Hudson would probably be there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it happened with Texas, with them getting Quinn Ewers. You know, of course, they, they're used to getting five-star guys. But I think that, you know, you get that big fish, then other dudes are going to follow. So uh, it's going to be exciting, uh, you know, to see what happens up there in Lubbock. Yeah, it is a huge, huge news out of Lubbock. I don't think, of course, Greg Powers being the, being the insider, he kind of he kind of had uh, some insider info on that, kind of knew that was a possibility more so than others. But, uh yeah, huge news for the Red Raiders. A huge get for the Red Raiders and a five-star wide receiver, Micah Hudson. But, yeah, great interview overall. He mentioned Kiefer Sibley as well and the defensive end from Temple, freshman defensive end from yeah. Temple as well. Uh, a lot of great recruits over here in Central Texas and the Temple-Waco uh, clean area is around, just around this super Centex region. A lot of great recruits. Yeah, and, you know, it's great talking to Greg because he's yeah, so for, knowledgeable and you can just throw out mm-hmm. Kiefer Sibley and he'll talk about him for five minutes and mm-hmm. he knows whatever you need to know. He knows it. So always appreciate him hopping on. This is his second time and yep. I'm sure we're going to have him on again. Yeah, for sure. A good, great interview again. Thanks again to Greg Powers for joining us on today's show. And now let's round everything out with our week four pickums. What are the standings so far, Kenny? I know we talked about them uh, prior to recording, but let's give a standings update to our listening audience. All right, so after three weeks, we have uh, Ryan with 59 correct picks, Jay Black with 59 correct picks, and me with 55 correct picks. Down to the wire. A lot of great games this week, as we mentioned before. So I'll just jump into these pick'ems. West at Whitney. Give me the Wildcats here, Kenny. 
Uh, I've got the Wildcats. Mr. Black has West. Connolly at China Spring. Who do y'all got in this one? I think it's China Spring across the board. I have, it is indeed. Centerville at Mart. I'll take the Tigers. Uh, I've got the Tigers. Mr. Black has Mart. And then Dawson at Kearns. Give me Dawson here. Uh, yeah, Dawson across. Copper's Cove at University. This was a very one-sided game last year. Give me University to get revenge here. I've got University. Mr. Black has Cove. Midlothian at Waco High. I'll take Midlow in this one. Yeah, Midlow across. Uh, Clean Chaparral coming off their second win in program history over Marble Falls last week. They'll be on the road at Brian Rudder. Who do you have in this one? I got Rudder. Mr. Black has Rudder. I'm going to take the uh, – because that's a bit of a drive over to college – or to, to Brian, rather. So I'll take Rudder, the Rangers, as well. Ellison at Red Oak. I'll take Red Oak in this yep, one. Yeah, we got Red Oak. Then Midway at Rockwall Heath. Interesting matchup here. I think for the first time this season, I'm going to take Midway, though. I'm going to go with the Fighting Heath, and also Jay's going to go with the Rockwall Heath. Santo at Rio Vista. Give me the Eagles at home. Uh, you got the Eagles. We have Santo. Hearn at Chilton. Who do you, get the, who do you guys uh, got in this one? Chilton for me and Chilton for Mr. Buck. And I'll make it Chilton across the board. Axel at Hubbard. Um uh, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, this is a uh, homecoming for Coach Craig Horn. So he's a jagger. He yeah. is. A, he's he coached a, there. Did really well when he coached there, and they did really good as a player. I saw them play a area round playoff game at Floyd Casey Stadium against really? Clifton. Yeah, Clifton. Wow. Uh, pretty good game. It was raining. Uh, Mr. Craig, uh, Coach Horn had a. 60, 50 or 60-yard 60 punt return in the rain to, wow. to set him up to score, I think, the game-winning touchdown. It was, it was a good game. That's also a great story there. Uh, but I'll take Craig Horn uh, and his new team, the Longhorns, to win that was, on the road. I think that one. was 1994, probably. Mm, Floyd back. Casey Stan. Yep, How about long that? long time ago. Hubbard, think about that. Hubbard and Clifton playing at Baylor's old stadium. Yep. That's awesome. It was a good game. They were both really good squads. Uh, but I think Hubbard had Ricky Thompson on that team, the Oklahoma huh? State running back. So mm-hmm. I think they win another that's round. Great, that's a great match. Yeah, another round or two. Uh, had a uh, Paul Darnell was on that team. He ended up mm-hmm. pitching for Cincinnati Reds in their minor league system. So a lot of talent over there. Good deal. That's awesome. Then uh, Robinson at oh, – what was Jay's Black? Did he pick Axel Yeah, Axel well? across the board. Then uh, Robinson at Fairfield. Ro- Rockets are rolling here. I'll take Robinson. I got Robinson. Uh, Mr. Black's going with the Eagles. Like at Itasca at Bartlett. Who do you got in this one? I got the Wampus Cats. I got the Wampus Cats as well. Mr. Black does too. Then Lake Belton at Shoemaker. I'm going to take the Lake. Yep, across the board. De Leon at Heiko. Heiko's been a surprisingly good team this year. I'm going to take the Tigers at home here, Kenny. Yeah, we got the Tigers across. Temple at Arlington Martin. I'll take I'll take Temple to get the win on the road here. Yeah, Temple. Then Odessa Permian at Harker Heights. This should be a great ball game here. Who do you got in this one? Uh, I've got Harker Heights. Mr. Black has Harker Heights as well. Gosh. It's that Permian's a little down this year, so I think I'll take the Knights at home as well. I mean, but down for Permian is, you know, it's it's different than yeah. most other squads. A very good a surging Jim Ned team at Rockdale. I'll take the Indians to get the win on the road. Yeah, cross. And Lorena at La Vega. Again, we talked about it earlier in the show, depth being a – 
huge difference in this one for La Vega. So based on that and, of course, the injuries to Lorena, like we mentioned before, I'll take La Vega at home. Uh, Mr. Black has Lorena, and I'm going to go La Vega. I like it. And uh, Buffalo at Tig, I'm going to take the Lions. Yep, cross. Mejia at Gatesville. I- interesting matchup here. I'm curious to see what y'all think on this one. You know, Gatesville lost to a McGregor team last mm-hmm. week, and, uh, you know, we saw – uh, McGregor lose to Hillsborough, which is an early season matchup. I don't know if you can really tell a whole lot. And but I, I've got Mejia and Jay-Z yeah, at Gatesville. I got Mejia, and that's just because Mejia's pre-district schedule so far, and as we talked about it last year as well, just unbelievable. It's like unbelievable gone. They played China Spring um, and Connolly, and I mean, good Lord, just that alone. And then Franklin, a back-to-back 3A state champion, yeah. and not to leave them out or anything. But, yeah, I'll take Mejia uh, on the road in this one as well. Uh, another interesting matchup here, I like this one, Palmer at Rogers. Ugh, tough one to call here. I'll take Rogers at home, though. Yeah, I'm going to go right. Last year, this was a big upset. Rogers yes, it, beat mm-hmm. uh, top-10 Palmer team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Rogers, and so will Mr. Black. And Salado at Academy. I'm going to stick with the Bumblebees here. Uh, I've got Salado and like so it. does Jay. Then uh, Gerald at Hillsboro. This is going to be a close one, I think, Kenny. Um, who do you have in this one? Uh, we got the Eagles. Eagles? I'll, I'll, I'll try to pick one up on y'all. I'll, I'll go Gerald. I'll go Gerald on this one. Gerald, the Eagles? What's Gerald's mascot? Gerald is, I believe they are the... Cougars. 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 Okay. That's right. Yeah. They're Cougars. Um, then Crockett at Grosbeck. Who do you have in this one? I got the Goats. I'll take the Goats Mr. as well. Mr. Black has Crockett. Then Clifton at McGregor. This should be a close one. Um... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Coach Shields and the McGregor Bulldogs on this one. Yeah, McGregor across the board. And our last pick'em game, we have Belleville at Cameron Yo. This should be a close one as well. Belleville's usually a pretty solid four A team. Yo coming off a high scoring loss to Connolly last week. I'll take Yo with the bounce back here. Uh, Mr. Black's going Yo. I'm going Belleville. I like it. And that is our week four pickums, and that is it for the week four edition, 2023 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in to the show today. Again, if you want to reach out to us, any questions or concerns, uh, you can email us at ctfppodcast at gmail.com. That's ctfppodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on our social media pages uh, on Instagram and Twitter at ctfppodcast. Or on Facebook at just Central Texas Football Podcast. And, um, you know, again, thanks again for tuning in to today's show. Kenny, any any parting words here as we wrap up the Week 4 edition? Hey, y'all go out and watch some football. Be safe. Uh, safe travels and have fun. Yeah, for sure. And, again, thanks again for tuning in. That's going to do it for us. Again, for Kenny Heath, my name is Ryan Fox. And enjoy Week 4 of the 2023 Texas High School football season. you in Dallas. But I won't have long to stay if you're ever out of Western. And you're feeling like slowing down, I'll see you around.